Welcome to another episode of Spock Sports Show. It's a look at everything sports here in the mid-Michigan area. And now, here's your host, Chris Spockman. Chris Bachman with Coach Pickens. I'll, I'll call this an exit interview, Coach. Uh, talking after our game. Well, I guess it's Tuesday after our game. I had to give you know give us both a couple days after that championship game on Saturday. First of all, what a game it was. Congratulations to Riverview Gabriel Richard uh, coming in at 500, coming out state champions. I think that kind of speaks to a little bit of the, the competition that they probably played against during the year, Coach. But what, what are you going to remember about that Saturday? We'll start with all the good, I guess, none of the bad kind of thing. Well, I, I don't remember too much bad other than uh, the final score. Um, these kids have played hard all year for me. Uh, they've done everything I've, I've asked them to do. And, um, you know, the good thing is, is they stuck together as a team. They battled all the way through the game. They never once tried to give up, and that's uh, offensively or defensively. Um, you know, you ask that you be competitive. I mean, you can't win them all. And uh, them staying competitive all the way through it is just, uh, you know, uh, icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the, their their pitcher, uh, gosh, I'm tr- Nowak did a great job on the mound. We, I don't want to let you get too much into the you know that outside corner because it was working a little bit more for them than it was Brendan Martin. And I guess let's start about talking Brendan Martin, your ace this year. The championship game would have been the first game he lost since his freshman year. But going into that game, he had 73 strikeouts and just four walks. Now, you're somebody that's – You've been around baseball on all levels. 73 strikeouts, four walks. That's about as good a control as you can have. It doesn't matter what level you're playing, isn't it? Yeah, it's phenomenal, especially with some of the umpiring we do get. Um, <laughs> a lot of times uh, you, you hit the mitt and you get a ball called on you. But, no, um, Brendan has been fantastic. Um, starting off as, you know, we had a COVID year there, which is the only sad part about his career because I think he could have been in the record books for quite a bit, you know, um, as a freshman facing Grand Rapids West Catholic, uh, I put him into the, the fire <laughs> and, uh, and, and we come up a little bit short and they, and they were good. Um, and then, you know, have a COVID year and then what he's done these last two years is just, you know, you just can't ask a pitcher to do anything more. Yep. And now kind of almost just want to go through the order and talk about some of these kids because, People didn't hear me say it 50 times on Saturday. You guys have the greatest offense runs per game in MHSA history, and I think runs per game is probably the best way to kind of consider who has the best offense in the history. So Caden Andrews at the top of the lineup, Cade Smith, like I said, I'm just going to kind of go through and let you talk about. And I was joking that you got the Aidens at the top of the lineup. You've got Caden, Aiden, and Braden. What was it like having those three at the top of the lineup? And you've got one of them, Caden Smith, coming back next year. Well, you know, the, the, the good thing is is I, I don't just look at the top three. I look all the way through that lineup. Well, I'm going to make you go through it, so well, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about those three. I know. Those those three guys have been uh, our, our rock all year. Um, um, having them come up and lead off, and Caden Andrews uh, is a very disciplined hitter. Uh, you saw he hit about uh, 10 foul balls there, his last at bat there. Um, he's spray hitter. Uh, ask you to hit behind the runner, he'll hit behind the runner. You know, you need a fly ball, he'll hit a fly ball for you. You need a bunt, he'll bunt for you. Uh, just an all-around good offensive player and a great glove, too. Um, he stepped up for me when I asked him to play second base for us. He's a normal shortstop, and we did some switching with Caden uh, Smith and Caden Andrews. And I mean, he even played third base for me, I think, in the semifinal game. So just an all-around great ball player. Yeah, but somebody... 
somebody, too, that was an All-Stater last year as a shortstop and kind of speaks to the team player he is and say, yep, you need me You need me over here a little bit more, Coach? I got you. Yeah, you know, and I can't say enough about him. You know, he was a transfer from Shepard, and uh, your eyes really light up when you see somebody coming in that uh, has the baseball talent that he has. Um, so I, I'm very happy with Caden Andrews. Caden yep. Smith, uh, what a remarkable uh, young man he is with being a sophomore coming into the game and uh, the game for us this year. I played him a little bit as a freshman, but our numbers are down in baseball out of Beale City, so I couldn't have him up all the time like we've had, like with Wade Wilson and a few others in the past. So, you know, I needed to learn him as well, not being a school teacher, um, not knowing him in the hallways and things. My first with him was last year, and uh, I knew he was going to fit in real well. And uh, his pitching kind of surprised me. I didn't realize he could uh, hit 90 mile an hour, <laughs> but uh, uh, he, he did. And, you know, the sad part I have with him is he should have been on that all-state list. I was going to bring that up. And usually it's one of those things that, you know, the all-state, sometimes it's saved for the seniors, but he led you guys in on-base percentage, and you guys were the greatest offense statistically in MHSA history. So if you you just think about it like that, it's – how in the world, you know, I'll compare it to, you know, the Golden State Warriors when they went 73-9, and nine, you know, it'd be like leaving him, Clay Thompson, or Draymond Green off of the All-NBA team. It's like he just should be there out of happenstance of anything. Well, well yeah, and it's something I try to stress, and and, and maybe it's a, the coach's thing a little bit because uh, with Wade having a, a, a bad arm start, start the year, um, I wanted to bring the young arm along with Caden Smith, and I wanted to make sure that Wade – didn't have to overdo it. Uh, I needed a cl- I needed somebody to come in and shut the door in case Wade, you know, got tired early because he hadn't pitched much, and so I put it on to Smitty to do that. And boy, he come in and closed the door on, on every game that we've had. So, um, yeah, and I think he's got some all state maybe penciled out in his future. So yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> but you know, with, with a team that's that's this, that's this good, probably being a sophomore was his only. Uh, bad thing against him, yep. uh, and, and the fact that we have five All-State players and one second-team All-State player who was an All-Stater last year. So it's pretty tough, uh, unless you're in Orchard Lake St. Mary's, you know, to, <laughs> to have uh, two or three on there. Uh, but, no, I, I feel bad for him. But all-around great baseball player, hitting-wise, pitching-wise, fielding-wise, uh, really like, hates to lose. Uh, really likes to play the game and is a real big competitor. Yeah, and uh, one of the things I wanted to say to him after the game because he was he was one of the kids that was that was pretty darn down after the game. And I says, "You got two years left." And I want to say to him, I was I was thinking back because I've been very fortunate to watch some really really great baseball players and Lazier, Rickumstrict, the Buckoviches, the Rollins, and I was thinking to myself as a sophomore, I think he was better than any of them. Well, yeah, and I've paid attention to a lot of the Mount Pleasant stuff as well in, in the local area. Uh, been in the game a long time, and uh, he has the potential to probably be one of the best kids I've ever coached, yeah. too. And that's that's pretty good company because I've had some kid dra- kids drafted and things. So Yeah, and moving on to probably one of the better hitters you've ever coached, Braden Haynes. Well, he's a power hitter, yes. Um, uh, had a little, little trouble adjusting to that outside strike zone a little bit, but... Uh, Boy, can the kid hit. You know, his brother was a great hitter, and, and Braden's a great hitter as well. Um, you know, I, I can't say enough about him. 
Yep, and I can't say enough about his dad. Always helped me out with stats and stuff. It was funny. I had him up in the booth with me when we were doing, it would have been uh, the districts in Beale City. And then I believe he came up with me at Dow Diamond because he was doing the Game Changer. And he didn't want to come on the air, but he would leave, he kind of give me little tidbits or whatever that, you know, when he was off the air or anything. And so that was a lot of fun. It's been a great pleasure covering both of those youngsters over the last few years. And it's going to kind of go through the whole, you know, starting line or the starting uh, hitting lineup, I should say, and just kind of moving on to the cleanup hitter, Hunter Wilson, Hunter Miles, pardon me. I was going to say Hunter Wilson. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of Wilsons, but yeah, uh, yeah no, Hunter Miles, uh, um, the kid is so coachable in baseball. We work on a thing called a split squat, the swing the bat, and he bought into it at the, towards the middle of last year. And this year, when he hit the ball, he hit it hard. Ooh. And, you know, he's developed more speed, and he's a, a child of the weight room. So, um He's going to play football at the next level. So he, he was in the weights, and it really just, the combination of everything just made him uh, a real great uh, hitter this year. And that's why he moved up from, I think it was seven or eighth hitter last year to my number four hole. Is, is, were you surprised by that, that, that he ended up moving up there and had that much success at the plate this year? Oh, absolutely. You know, when you get a kid that's a junior going to be a senior, um, they either got to be real committed. And I know he's committed to football. So he spent most of his time with football, but uh, boy, you know, the people we faced this year and the, how he hit the ball, it, it's always a good surprise. And that's what you need. Um, you need the kids to want to get better and that they do get better and they fill the slots that, you know, you lose from the year before. Yeah, but now like I said, we'll kind of go to uh, the Wilson brothers here, Josh Wilson, Wade Wilson. First of all, was the... Did you, you know, was there any older brother, younger brother stuff on the team at all with those two? How, how did they get along on the team? Oh, they're fantastic with each other. And, and you know, Wade is a leader and Josh is a, uh, a leader as well. You know, they're, they're both uh, a little bit different, uh, both great athletes. And, uh, you know, I can't, I can't say much about them that, uh, you know, there was no sibling rivalries. It was just, uh, you know, there and we do our job. Yeah, and you think about the team player that those guys are. I think I can relate it to football. The multiple positions that those two have already played on the Beale City football team. Josh started as a left tackle as a freshman, then moved in as a sophomore, moved around on the defense as well. And Wade Wilson might go down as my all-time favorite athlete that I've covered because of what he did. You talk about a kid who was a star running back as a sophomore, then he moves to guard as a junior because that's just where they need him to play, where he's going to be successful. And he went back and forth there as a senior as well. And for you, on the mound, out in center field, just an incredible player no matter where he was, what sport he was playing. Yeah, you know, he's been an athlete for all of his life. I've watched him since the Little League uh, come through. And it was that same group, that core group that we have, that I had as seniors this year, that was that good Little League program that they had. And, you know, the brothers do well. And... You know, mom and dad support them real well and allow them to do the things. You know, and what people don't realize is these guys work jobs, too. They go to school, you know, they work some jobs on the weekends and stuff, you know, for their spending money, and they still have time to compete in all the athletics. Yeah, but I think that's where these kids are much further ahead than I was as a high schooler because I was uh, I was worried about partying and doing other dumb things. I didn't have the job. I wasn't taking advantage of my, I guess I didn't have great athleticism, but I wasn't trying to work hard to play sports or anything like that. And so when I see these kids, what they're doing at 15, 16, 17 years old, it makes me think, gosh, I could have done all the stuff that I did and still done all this stuff. You know, you know, it's, you could still have your fun, have a job and be successful in sports and in the classroom as well. 
And moving on from the two Wilsons, uh, just kind of the guy who was the number seven hitter through the playoffs that I was covering, Jack Fussman, another sophomore. He was actually second on the team in on-base percentage behind Caden Smith at 576, and he had that monster triple for you guys in the state title game. Yeah, and, and Jack made the all-tournament team. All right. And so did Caden Smith. Um, the two guys that didn't make All-State made the all-tournament team, and, and rightly so. Um, you know, Jack's been there. It's, we've had ten guys <laughs> There's only three outfield positions, <laughs> and uh, um, Connor Wilson had uh, made some moves into second base when we did our shifting with um, Caden Smith pitching and stuff. You know, so Jack's been there. I tried to get him in there as much as I could uh, as a DH, and, you know, he come through again for us uh, down there in the tournaments. Yep, and uh, moving on to Connor Wilson, I think he had – the biggest play for you guys in the tournament. There was two runners on for Muskegon Catholic Central. The game was tied at five. I believe it was the bottom of the fifth or the bottom of the sixth inning. And there was definitely what should have been a base hit, maybe even extra bases going to the gap. I don't remember who was at the plate. And Wilson was playing second base, and he just dove, used his entire length, and stabbed it. And that was the end of the inning. You guys come out and put up, I think, six in the next inning, and it's over. Yeah, yeah, Connor obliged me by moving into second base. He's a he's a natural outfielder, and he threw some for me this year. He, I think he had five or six wins, yeah. you know, for us as well. So um, multiple talented. Uh, his bat uh, kind of went up and down, but towards the end of the season here, he was making good contact and, and getting some key base hits as well. Yeah, I've been also somebody that had some key base hits. The bottom of the lineup, I kind of joked the whole time through the playoffs, if you're an opposing coach, and you see a sophomore catcher, Jake Gauthier, at the number nine spot, you probably think, all right, he's somebody we need to really attack him. He's a, Usually when you have the catcher at the bottom of the order, it's because they focused a lot of their time on catching behind the plate and not as much on hitting. But he was not an easy out, a 487 on base percentage. He was two for four in the state semifinal game. He did a great job for you guys all year long behind the plate. Yeah, you know, a good solid little catcher and – you know, he being on a team that uh, hits the way they hit, uh, he probably could have been a, a four or five hitter, probably. A lot of other places. A lot yeah. of other places. You know, I look at him and I compare him to the a lot of people in our conferences and some of the Division two schools we played and, you know, all the other Division threes that we played. And, you know, probably one of the best catchers that uh, defensively, you know, that we had there. And uh, he... He gets a spot, you know. He gets a spot, and if you can catch, and that's a, a position that you look at defense probably first. But uh, his offensive skills are coming. Uh, there's a few little quirks and stuff that needs to be fixed, but uh, you know, get him to hit, hit a little more, maybe with a little more power. He hits 367, Steve. I'm a <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm a critic. I criticize a, a 300 hitter when when uh, you know Babe Ruth was making millions from yeah. it. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's like I said, the team. Um, with the same people we faced and stuff. And, and 360 is a great, great batting average. And uh, I, I'm not criticizing. I just had it. to poke some fun at you there. But, <laughs> I know. But that was, the, that was what you had this year. Um, like I said, I'll go through it. 477, 500, 511, 479, 494, 421, 459, 382, 367. And then Brendan Martin, I believe, was like a 360 hitter as well. I don't have him on yep. here. He was just pitching the last few games for you guys and playing first base. I, you know, it's one of those, I almost want to say, will you ever have a lineup like that again? But you kind of did have one like it last year, and you got four of these kids coming back next year. But it's about filling out those other five spots, and that's where the younger team, that great Beale City baseball program, hopefully comes into play. Yeah, you know, and this year, those four sophomores, and I could have had maybe two more and a freshman up here in normal years where you you keep 13 kids or 14 kids, 
and uh, you know they could fit right in there as well. And so I'm, I'm, you know, looking forward to the next year for Beale City and uh, try to fill those holes like we did last year. Yeah, but I can't wait till next year as well. But we got a lot of sports ahead. But coach, thanks so much for taking some time. I think we chatted more than ever this year for uh, baseball. We have to make sure we do the same thing again next year, man. Well, uh, thank you, and I, and I really appreciate all the coverage. That you know, the kids really deserve the coverage, and and you know, guys like you and. Uh, that come out and, and do these kind of things for the kids, it, it, it's good for them, and, and they love it. Hey, somehow I get paid for it as long as Bob and Lori keep giving me, getting me paid for it. I guess, I guess don't tell Hopefully they're not listening to this podcast because <laughs> I probably do it for free too, but it's an absolute pleasure to watch these kids compete. I think it's the, the greatest job in the world. You know, when I started doing the broadcasting thing, it was, you know, ESPN, NBA, NFL, and then I started doing this at my 104.3 and Buck 92 with Kurt Wilson, and it was like, this is the most fun level to watch. These are the kids that are competing the most, that are going at it the most. If I can make a living doing this, I'm, I'm good right here, baby. Well, I know a lot of the parents and, and the people that couldn't get to the ball games, And, you know, with the COVID thing going on and stuff, it's still around. Uh, people are a little bit scared. But, you know, being, a, being able to put it on that radio and, and having a, an outlet, you know, to listen to the ball games, it I, I get a lot of, uh, hey, I heard you on the radio kind of thing. And, you know, that's a good feeling that the kids and that people are listening and that the kids are being recognized. Yep, and like you said, I think most of all, these kids deserve it. You know, you know what yep. I mean? And to talk about the deserving a little bit more, kind of go through those kids that made uh, All-State in the All-Tournament team for you. If you can go right off the top of your head, might be putting you on the spot here a little bit. Well, you know, the, the tough part about this whole thing is, is, you know, you go and meet at the district level. And you submit your kids. And I submitted, you know, I submitted 10 kids. I have 10 kids on my roster. and I, I've never done that before. Uh, you know, I, I only submit those that I think are deserving. And I, I submitted 10 kids. And, you know, they kind of look at you kind of funny. And But then they look at your averages. And the first thing they think is, well, they're cooking the books a little bit. Oh, no. But I told them, I says, you know, hey, and, and I'll give a lot of kudos to Earl Hartman. Um, he's, he's our competition in, you know, division four and Earl and I were the, were right there when we submitted these things and Earl gave praise to Beale city saying, you know, he thought it was one of the best, uh, division four teams he's ever seen. And, and I can agree with him. I, this is squads pretty tops on my list as well. Well, Sacred Heart was, I believe, 22 and 11 on the year. They played outstanding in their district semifinal game and Joe McDonald is going to be a great picture, but you know, they started him on the mound. Everybody, one through nine, scored before there was a single out. I, I don't think I'll ever see that again. It was 13-0 to zero after the top of the first, and that was after Coach Hartman saw you guys put up 10 in the top of the seventh against Coleman. And so I'm glad he was there to stick up for it because, like you said, you put down 10, and you're probably thinking, yeah, yeah. But it was it was all very deserving. Well, yeah, and and Earl's got a young young squad, and yeah, he's going to be. They're uh, going to be coming. Uh, you're right, and they sophomores and freshmen, pretty much what he you know played with. Uh, maybe I think one senior or so, but yeah, he's going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with in the future here, in the next couple of years, and and uh, they had a great season um, playing that young and playing the competition that they played. Yep. All right. Coach, thanks so much. I guess we kind of went off right field there and kind of kept talking for a second. I think we could keep talking baseball for quite some time, but maybe this summer if you're at some leagues or something, seeing some of these youngsters play, give me a call. We'll do another interview for Spock Sports Show. <laughs> Sounds good, Chris. Thank you so much. Thank you, Coach. Thank you for listening to Spock Sports Show with Chris Spockman. The views and opinions heard on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those views, opinions of Latitude Media, our sponsors, affiliates, and My1043 or Buck92 Radio. Check out our website for even more podcasts from around the area. Just go to MyMichiganPodcast.com. It's podcasting that matters.